Hello, everybody. My name is Juan Carlos, and welcome to OCR and Edited, where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes, and everyday people from the OCR and trail communities for fun, unscripted, and unedited conversations. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Rylan. Now, is it Shadag? Shadag. Shadag. Yep. Um, I hope I said it right. Um, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm so good. Um, you know what? It truly is a pleasure uh, to have you on. Thank you for making time to speak with me today. Of course. So what you up to today? So I got off, uh, I had a 24-hour shift at the at work because uh, I traded a day so I could go to OCRWC or no, a different race. I think for DECA World Champs, this was that trade was for that uh, in next month. Um, so I worked a 24-hour shift, got off uh kind of had a slow morning because we ran two night calls so i was a little tired um had my smoothie bowl like i always do and then uh, i ended up buying tickets to greece uh and starting to look at uh for the trifecta world champs you're going either yeah yeah buddy that's (laughs) what i'm talking about so Um, what made you what made you do it what made you sign up what made you go to greece and want to do this because it looks hard and i have this crazy idea and i might get beat to it and that's what sucks but no athlete has won a hybrid world championship and an ocr world championship in the same year yet okay and the first uh, my first a race, um, I, I kind of like layer my races is like, these are the most important. Yeah. These are the ones I don't really care about. So like, uh, North American champs, OCRWC, those are all like B races. So they weren't, they weren't C races, but they were B races. So they're like kind of important, but my first a race is trifecta world champs. And then the next one is Decafit world champs. Okay. And then Abu Dhabi for Spartan world champs. So Between those three, I think it would be super cool to uh, bring home an individual title in both a hybrid event and a OCR event. That would solidify you as one of the best. I mean, to be able to accomplish all that. And you know what? You can. No one's done it yet. I think it'd be so cool. If you do it, then Ryan Atkins is going to want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He would crush Deca. He'd just uh, work on his stations a bit and he's, he could do it. That is awesome that you're going. If I would have known, that would be, oh man, that's awesome, buddy. So let's get back to you. Okay. (laughs) Before I start to veer off on, you know, asking you different questions, but let me start with, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who is Rylan? Rylan is a individual who loves to live wild and doesn't care when he dies because he knows where he's going. I, uh, I live very differently now than I used to. Um, and I just keep becoming more and more free. Uh, when you understand like what you were made to do yeah. and you're open to that and you respect that, 
Uh, I believe I was created to do what I'm doing right now. And I don't want to take that for granted. So when I live that way, I feel more and more free. And I care less and less about when I die. And because of that, I end up living even more free and more wild. Yeah. Not wild in the way of like, I party every night and stay out late and blah, blah, blah. But I love feeling life rushing through me. And I feel that most when I'm playing in the mountains or I'm in a hectic situation at work or I am having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody that's meaningful uh, awesome. when I'm loving other people, things like that make me feel very alive. And some of the things that I do make a lot of other people terrified. But for me, I honestly can say if I died doing them, I'd be happy. And that's all I care about. And I know what happens to me after I die. So I'm not, a, not really worried about it. So that that's who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a very adventurous person and I love pushing myself to the limit. That's probably one of the best answers I've heard. Thank you. you. Know, just, just be you. Do you. Yeah. Here's about everybody else. Yeah. That's it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that is truly awesome. So listen, how did you get started in athletics when you were younger? What, like, what was your sport? Soccer. So when I was five, well, actually, Way before that, uh, when I was two or three, my parents had me like riding a bike without training wheels. Um, they, my mom had this rule where we had to go and play a sport outside for at least 30 minutes every day, at least 30 minutes. So she would take us to a park and we'd play on the playground or we would play soccer or we would practice riding our bikes. Uh, we would play football in our front yard with all the neighbor kids, like whatever it was, we had to, if, if she saw us not go outside, she would be like, you have to go get at least 30 minutes every day, yeah. uh, except Sunday, <laughs> but usually we'd end up playing outside Sunday anyways, because <laughs> yeah. um, we didn't have school. So uh, it really, it just started when I was born, to be honest. Uh, but I, I started playing soccer when I was five. I got really into that. Uh, I moved to Utah when I was seven and joined my first like competitive soccer team when I was eight. Yeah. Um, I played one season of football and one season of basketball just to try them out. Didn't like them. So I liked football. Okay. But I liked soccer the most. So I focused on that. And then my other big sport was snowboarding. I wanted to go to the Olympics for snowboarding uh, when I was like wow. 10 that was my dream. Cause Sean white was like winning the half pipe, but I didn't, Sean white actually wasn't my favorite snowboarder. It was Seth Westcott, the border cross guy, the, like the snowboard racing. Cause I didn't care about tricks as much. I just wanted to race people. So like racing down the mountain on a snowboard, that was my thing. And so, uh, that like, that was a dream of mine as a kid. And then, uh, I slowly phased out of that and started focusing more and more on soccer. And I wanted to be like a professional soccer player. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really have the talent to be a pro. Uh, I was planning on playing in college up until uh, I tried my first mountain biking race almost by accident when I was 16. I just kind of hopped in because a coach said I needed to race. Uh, I did one practice with the team and he was like, you need to go race mountain bikes. So he helped me put together a race bike and I lined up and I raced and I had so much fun that when I crashed the, when I uh, 
crossed the finish line, I told my mom, cause she was there. I was like, mom, that was really, really fun. And she said, she asked me, was that more fun than soccer? And I hesitated because I knew it was like, I enjoyed it more than soccer, but I had spent, uh, at that point I had spent from five until 16 years old. So 11 years playing soccer and being dedicated to it so that I could go play in college. And then now I was 16 and I was like, I found something else that I love more. And so I actually, uh, I played the next season of high school soccer and then I didn't try to apply to any more colleges. I didn't play my senior year of high school. I completely dropped soccer, never played another game after junior year. I still haven't played it like an actual game since then and just went full on into mountain biking. Uh, and so then I wanted to be a professional cyclist and I got, uh, after my junior year of high school, my next year I was 18. So I was in the, the junior category of, uh, mountain bike racing. So yes. 17 and 18 year olds race together until, and after that it's U 23 and pro. So you're, you're a professional after that. So I raced one year, uh, just in my age group. And then after that, I upgraded to pro and I raced until, uh, 2019. Um, and then after that, I, uh, I actually, uh, de- I developed an eating disorder cause I wanted to always be skinnier. Um, so I was about the same height as I am now, but I was about 25 pounds lighter. I was really wow. small, uh, pretty skinny, just all legs. My legs were almost the same size as they are now. Just my upper body was 25 pounds lighter. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, it was really unhealthy for me and the way that I viewed, uh, my relationship with food. So I actually ended up having to quit and, uh, got into firefighting and that helped me get a little stronger. And I started running through that. Um, so that was about three, three and a half years ago. Um, so I did a lot of strength training again, um, and a lot less biking. And, and I started running every once in a while, like maybe five to 10 miles a week, like nothing. And, uh, but I noticed like, because of my engine from biking, I could run pretty good. So I started running more and more. And then about two years ago, I started running like 20 to 25 miles a week. And then now, now I run like 40 to 50 and, uh, man, I love running because I just found it. Like I trail running and exactly. almost never used to do as a kid, but so, now I do it all the time. So my next question to you is how did uh, you discover OCR? What? How did you discover OCR? Uh, I saw the NBC things on YouTube yeah. um, with like Ryan Kent, Ryan Atkins, uh, Hunter. I think those were the guys of that season, like the main yeah. guys and Hobie call. Um. And I saw him on YouTube and I remember thinking it was kind of around the time I was getting into firefighting. And I remember thinking like they're running around and carrying heavy things. And that's kind of what I'm doing, but I'm hardly training for running. And I feel like I'm getting really fast. Like maybe I could be good at this. So I decided I wanted to try it someday. Um, And that was in like 2019, but 2020, there were no races. Yeah. So and it was perfect because I was on my, my first year of firefighting It's called your probationary year where they can, they can fire you for any reason. If they don't like you, they fire you. Now it's like, they have to have documented reasons like, Hey, he's underperforming at this. We're going to fire him type thing. Oh, like wow. during your probationary year, um, 
you basically like you could take out the garbage wrong or you could like you don't mesh with the guys people don't like you they can just fire you for that reason like no no other you could be doing the job just fine but if if you're not fitting in well they can fire you um so your probationary year you're focusing on like being the one who's always doing the dishes being the one who's always making the coffee doing all the chores stuff like that and or at least you should be and uh So it was perfect because I took a year. That was the only year of my life that I didn't compete in anything was 2020. So you were, yeah, you were concentrating more on your work. Yeah. And and there were no, there was really no races for me to do. So uh, last year. Worked out well for you. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out perfect Uh, last year. So I was just mountain biking for fun and running when I felt like it. Um, And I really liked trail running, but like a long trail run for me, was like five or six miles at that time, like wow. a, a long run. Um, so things have changed. <laughs> things have really changed. Um, and cause I had like no running background. So yeah, exactly like a, a mid distance run was three miles. And then so, a long run was like five or six. So, would you say that all those sports and then cycling, you know, uh, prepared you for, OCR and trail running now? Yes. Um, I also did a little bit of schemo racing, ski mountaineering when I was mountain biking because it was really good cross training. So that's, I mean, Ryan Atkins does that. Lindsay does that. Uh, Emma does that. I think Rhea Coble also does that. Um, Very good for uphill strength. So I backcountry ski as well. Um, I got into, I told myself when I got in a real like adult job and I got into my career, I would, uh, learn how to fly. And so I actually do a version of paragliding with a smaller wing where you hike to the top and then it's called speed flying. Cause it's a smaller wing and you basically bomb to the bottom, like a sled run, like close to the ground, like loops, barrels, uh, spirals. And you just like get to the bottom as fast as possible. And it is so much fun, but because of that, I have to hike to the top. So I do a lot of like uphill hiking with my backpack on. Um, that's what I'm doing tonight. Um, and then I got into rock climbing. So that's what I'm doing after my flight tonight. I'm going to eat some dinner and then go to the climbing gym. Yeah. Um, so all of these sports kind of, they're all things that I love to do. And then I just happen to find a type of racing where it's the perfect training for all of it. So you have to have the grip strength for the rock climber. You have to have the upstill uphill strength for the mountain biking and the, the hike and flies. And then you have to have the speed for the trail running and for the running downhill. Like I love running down technical trails. And so all of it, all these things I love to do just kind of married together in this perfect harmony of, of sports into OCR. And I was like, I know. perfect. I'm going to try this. So I tried it last year. <laughs> I tried it last year in March. And, uh, I raced age group the first day and then they upgraded me to pro the second day. Um, and VJ and Kirk DeWitt beat me. And then I got third behind them, um, probably by about 30, 40 seconds, uh, maybe 20. It was only a sprint. So it was a short race. And did you Uh, know them when, when you guys finished, did you know them or is that how you met them? Oh, so I knew who VJ was because I followed him on Instagram. I was like, he's another young guy. I can kind of get an idea of how to do things from him. I crossed the finish line and Kirk DeWitt came up to me and he's like, hey, 
my name's Kirk, like, or he introduced himself to me or something. Uh, but I don't think he said his name. So I shook his hand and then I asked what his name was. And everybody in the finishing corral was like, looked at me funny. Like, you don't know what this guy's name is. I was like, this is my first race. I don't know who anybody is. Like, I know who VJ is and that's it. I don't know anybody else here. And everyone looked at me like, you don't know who Kirk DeWint is? And I was like, no, I don't do it. I don't know. And uh, it was just a funny moment because he's like the nicest guy. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, he is a nice guy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was so fresh. I still, every time I go to a race, I meet all these people and I'm just trying to like keep their name straight because I haven't met them before. Cause I'm like, I'm new to the community. That was only right. a year and like four months ago. And so I'm still trying to, or a year and a half, basically. How's the community been to you? Have they been, in, uh, have they embraced you with open arms? I feel like they have. I love the OCR community. They've been yeah. really, yeah. really inviting, very encouraging. A lot of them have helped me, uh, understand how to do obstacles better or talk to me about running or, or things like that. Um, just to help me improve, which I think is awesome. Like it's a very open and friendly community. So I love it. Now, again, I'm going to veer off with, you know, I had a set of questions, but you know, listening to you, it's like, I got all these other questions I want to ask you and we only have a certain amount of time. Yeah. So do you like training alone or do you like training with other OCR athletes? So there, I live in Ogden, Utah. And yeah. as far as I know, there's not a ton of OCR athletes here. There are quite a few in Salt Lake city area, okay. um, but that's about an hour away. So I do love going to train with them, but I have a very unique work schedule where I work 48 and sometimes 72 hours straight and then I have like 72 or 96 hours off, gotcha. depending on if I've traded or uh, like yesterday, I worked a 24 hour shift and got off at 7am this morning. How so the hell do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I woke up pretty tired this morning. We'll just say that uh, it took me until probably about 1230 to get going gotcha. on my day. Um, gotcha. I didn't run until 2pm because I was just so tired. So I, I was like checking flights and booking flights and kind of catching up on emails and stuff like that until yeah. I felt ready and awake enough to go run. How so. difficult has it been for you to learn about nutrition? What works for you? What doesn't? Because I mean, that's a major player when it comes to, you know, OCR and trail running. It's knowing what works for you. So how did you, how did, I mean, it must've been a, you know, um, a trial and error so until about a year and a half to two years ago i still was struggling with that eating disorder yeah so my nutrition was actually pretty poor because i it was a i was binge eating so i would not eat for like a day because i was trying to lose weight or be smaller and then i would eat just copious amounts of sugar and like ice cream, peanut butter, like anything that was high in calories, I would just crave it like crazy. And I would eat like seven to 8,000 calories in a sitting, just scary. Like you kind of freak yourself out when that happens. And I didn't understand why. And it took me, it took me almost a year to work through that. Yeah. Um, 
Got you. But since then, I've I've actually uh, since I was 16 or 17 years old, I've been studying nutrition. So I know the nutrient prof- profiles of most foods. Um, I understand what vitamins and minerals are in most produce things, just because I've read articles on almost almost all of them. So I might forget smaller details, but uh, I generally have a very good idea of what the macro and micronutrient breakdown of like an avocado, a sweet potato, a white potato, a red potato, oatmeal, like all these major foods that I eat frequently. I have a very good idea of what they do to my body and how they impact my performance, but also my composition and things like that. Um, I guess part of the benefit of having that eating disorder is I hyper analyzed everything because I was trying to lose weight. So I studied food. That was all I could think about was how to get lighter. And because I was so focused on how to get lighter, I learned a lot about vegetables because vegetables are very nutrient dense, but very low in calories. So they make you feel fuller and they're more voluminous, but they, they also help you stay healthier. So I ate a ton of vegetables and I also read thousands, not thousands, probably hundreds of articles at this point on different types of vegetables and like how they impact your body and then how they can impact different people's bodies differently. So like, for instance, um, if broccoli is not cooked for me, I'm one of those people where I don't metabolize broccoli very well, unless it's cooked. There's people who can eat it and it's great. Um, corn, same thing. Corn doesn't metabolize very well for me, but like oatmeal, I can run for hours off of a bowl of oatmeal because my body loves it oatmeal and banana with some peanut butter. Like I can go for hours. I don't get hungry. That's awesome. It's so like I've over the last eight years, I've learned what makes me feel full, but what makes me feel good at the same time. So like eggs, I can't eat eggs before I run because my stomach will get upset unless I'm running slow. So I, (laughs) what? My body needs eggs. (laughs) So I eat eggs every day, but I always do it after my run. Got you. Okay. So like I, after immediately after my run today, I had a half an avocado, three eggs, a a slice of bagel. And uh, later tonight, I'll have a New York strip steak that was on sale Mm -hmm. that I found. And uh, half the other half of the avocado. And then I'll make a homemade sweet potato fries with some olive oil and salt. And then I'll have a, like a steam bag of mixed, mixed veggies. And that will be my dinner tonight. Um, so. Yeah, please continue. Cause you're making me uh, hungry. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I, I, I won't have to go to the store and get myself a piece of steak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have an extra one for tomorrow, but you can have it tonight <laughs> if you want to come over. <laughs> um, so listen, um, tell me now going into OCR world championships, it's just, this is your first time. How was your experience going into this, knowing that you got all these name brands coming in and now you're running a 3k and a 15k. So I was really confident on my running. Yeah. My, my mountain running feels very good. Uh, I knew I would be a little bit tired because I only took uh, two days of rest before the weekend. 
because it's it's a B priority race. So I don't I don't want to peak for it. But I knew my running was feeling good. Um, I was nervous about the obstacles because I had only done a Spart Spartan races until this last weekend, and so. I knew all of them would be new and everyone, most everyone else had been through them at least once. Um, and I tried to mimic some of them at a ninja gym that I go to, uh, but they had, they didn't have things like Gibbons. They didn't have the low rigs, the purpose built OCR stuff. It was mainly just ninja stuff. So my grip I'm very confident in. So it wasn't a matter of, will I fall off? It was more a matter of how quickly can I go through it? Got you. And in the 3K, I would run and catch up to like VJ and Kempson and Ryan. And maybe like I passed uh, Kempson and Ryan at one point on the hill. Uh, but I would always fall behind by a second or two on each obstacle, sometimes five seconds. Uh, so I actually went out and practiced the 3K obstacles for a couple hours after the race. And in the 15K, all of the obstacles that I had practiced the day before, I felt so fast, like felt great. But the new ones, again, I, I was slow through some of them. Uh, so like, for instance, uh, I caught Tyler Veerman in the 15K at the top of the last climb. And then uh, on the twisting obstacle, I twisted it. It was, it was pre-coiled one way and I twisted it the opposite way. So I had to recoil it again. And so that was a mistake. So I was about five, six seconds back. And then on the, they call it the descent, the, the ladder with the cables. That's right. Really small ladder. Yeah. I tried to monkey swing forward, but then it sagged in the middle. So then I brought my feet up, but I was facing forward. So I had to flip around backwards and then crawl backwards. And I lost like 20 seconds on him. Yeah. So it was like, I caught him and I was so excited. And then and then he I was gone. So, yeah, he was gone. So uh, things like that, I have a lot of work to do to be able to like run up to something and see exactly how I should do it quickly. Um, but the things that I was able to practice, I felt really good on. So and uh, how exciting was it uh, to do the team? And I think you did you did both the the men's and the co-ed. Yes. So uh, how was, exciting was that for you? Do we get podium with with uh, with your teammates? It was great. I, I actually had never really done. I don't think I had ever done a team race before in mountain biking or in. Yep. I guess mountain biking is really the, the other form of racing that I've done, but I don't think I've ever done a, a team race like that. So it was very different, but it was really fun because you're not only, you're not just running for yourself. You're also trying not to let your teammates down. Exactly. Other than soccer. Um, mm -hmm which I can relate, but, uh, yeah, uh, that is the only team, uh, event that you've done, I guess, yeah. in, in, in your career. So that must've been exciting also to team up with not only VJ, but what is it? Leon. Yeah. Leon. And then I also got to team up with Chris and Veerman. So as people are like, Oh, congratulations. Like you won both. And I'm like, well, I was on both teams that won, but I had really stacked teams as well. So that helped. Like, like I may have been the one who was on both teams, but I had very stacked teams on both teams. So it's like, yeah. Uh, and how was it also running with Chris? I mean, now that you, you know, you did the co-ed cause she's a really strong and a talented athlete. 
Yes, she is. Uh, it was great. It was actually really cool because she and Lindsay Webster came down super close together. Lindsay was a little bit in front of Chris. And then on the Valkyrie obstacle, Chris passed her. So then I got to go first. She handed me the chip first before the Canadian Sam right behind me. That's right. And I, I was like, okay, I, she gave me a small lead. I can't lose it. Like yeah. I have to win this. Like we have to go. It and was so exciting. Time, it was yeah. so exciting. Cause I was there watching. Um, yeah. I didn't participate in the event cause I had a torn hand, but I saw when Chris came down and she did the obstacle so quickly. She passes Lindsay and then she gives you the the time chip and then you're off. And then all of a sudden you got Samuel right, you know, on your tail. Yep. And just to see that that competition, uh, it, it was truly exciting. And also to watch you guys come down and the entire teams come down uh, as they competed. It was truly just such an epic event. It was fun. It's a lot of fun. And so what's next for you? So actually I have a, it's called firefighter combat world championships. Okay. So on the, let me check the schedule. I get confused with my schedule sometimes now. <laughs> uh, so on the 11th through the 15th, somewhere in there, I will, uh, when I'm off work, they actually have world championships here in Utah this year for it's a firefighter race where basically you grab a hose load which is about 50 pounds you run up five stories you hoist you throw it in a bucket and then you hoist about 40 pounds of hose up on a rope hand over hand then you run down the five stories you kaiser sled across the beam then you run some cones for about 50 yards 70 yards uh like a slalom yep and then you grab a inch and three quarter hose and you run it 50 yards forward, hit a target. And then you grab a 175, 175 pound dummy yeah. and drag it backwards 50 yards. And then you're done. I think I seen some of this in YouTube and it's just yep. so exciting and I've yeah. never done it. I've never seen it live. I've always seen it uh, through, you know, uh, through YouTube and it looks truly exciting. And um, uh, congratulations on doing that. And uh, I wish you the very best. Yeah. So that's in two weeks. So oh, wow. it'll be, uh, I haven't really prepared for it very much, like besides doing my job. So like I, I do workouts and my turnouts at work, but it's a very explosive event. The fast guys do it in under a minute 30. And I train for events that are, you know, two, three hours long sometimes. So it's a very different type of muscle fiber. Like you want more type one muscle fiber there, but I am going to see how, how it goes. I've done it the last two years, but it was more of a local race. This is the first time where it's like a big, massive event and there's going to be people from all over the world. And it's going to be cool to watch the really fast guys go at it. That's awesome. I so, wish you the And also fast. compete too. So there you go. <laughs> it'd be fun. So you got a lot on the go. Now you have this, this, this race coming. You have, what is it? We got um, Greece coming up. Also Blue Mountain. On, I'm doing and, Blue Mountain as well. That's right. You're going to Blue Mountain. So, but that's then, a B race. So, for all you Canadians out there, Ryland's coming. Yes, sir. Um, I'm happy that that you're coming. Uh, it's great, uh, and I do hope that there's more um, U.S. athletes and and you know overseas that are coming because this is another. This is the final for the Elite Series North American, and it's also the Canadian Age Group Championship. 
Oh, okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be epic. And it's, this is Blue Mountain. Is this your first time at Blue Mountain? Yes. Okay. So you're going to love it. It's beautiful. And just the resort and it just, and its surroundings, it's just, just a beautiful place. You're going to love it. So you're going to do, are you doing a trifecta there or are you just going to do one? I don't know. I actually haven't looked. <laughs> I know I'm doing the beast. I'll, I'll probably, I'll have to ask because I'm, I'm hanging out with Austin Azar. So he's awesome. my ride to the airport after. So I'll see if he's, if he's racing the super the next day, I'll probably race it just for fun. Nice. So, and practice because I'm new to this. So anytime that I can race, I just, I get a little bit better because I practice the obstacles. I practice like how gassed I can be going into an obstacle, but still doing it quickly, you know? Yeah. Well, so. that'll be great because if you do the super, then I get to stand and toe the line with you. That so would be awesome. So I'm gonna tell Oz, uh, Austin, yeah, stick around, do it. Okay. <laughs> I good. love I I love racing against Austin. He's such so an good. amazing guy, and is also such a you know great human being and such a great talent. And then there's so yes. many talented athletes, whether it be here in Canada, overseas, in the U.S. There's so many. And you mentioned the one thing about the community. The one thing about OCR that I think puts it apart from every other sport is the community there's nothing like it it's just so beautiful so uh now i just lost my train of thought here that's fine you can edit so sorry (laughs) um listen so do you want to give any shout outs to anybody yeah um so you talked about my nutrition um i actually just changed what I drink and eat during a race. Um, so for some races with mountain biking, I could eat like gels and chews and granola bars and my stomach wouldn't really get upset, but for running, I've noticed my stomach will get a little upset if it's solid food, or even if it's a gel, I don't really like it because my heart rate's so high. It doesn't want to process. So I actually started using this product called carbo rocket. 333 and they call it 333 because it's 330 calories per serving Um, and the serving size is only 16 ounces so if i take an eight ounce flask in my waist belt or if i take two i have 300 calories with me and i can mix it thicker because it tastes so light so essentially in an eight ounce flask i can have 200 to 250 calories and i just drink that so for the 15k that's all I had was just drinking. I was drinking calories, no problems, no gastric distress. I felt strong. Uh, I, wow. I caught up on the last climb, like felt super strong the whole race. That so awesome. Carbo Rocket has really changed how I feel because now I don't have to, I don't have to unwrap anything. I don't have to do anything besides just drink. It's so much simpler and it doesn't, it's not like Gatorade where it's thicker. It's almost like a, a tea. It's really light on the taste buds. Yeah. So it doesn't taste really syrupy and heavy. So it goes down really easy and it it's awesome. I like it a lot. So That's awesome. Thank you for that. Definitely because... you should look into it because if you don't have to unwrap like a goo or anything or choose, saves time. And also it's easier for your body to process. Um listen, before we go, uh, I wanted to touch base. And this is something that I talked to you before when uh before we parted uh, at OCR in Vermont, the championships there, and that you were telling me that your dad lived in Ecuador, where I'm half 
I'm half Ecuadorian and Colombian, uh-huh. born in Canada. So when you told me that story, I was like, what? Your dad lived in Ecuador for three years. So you lived in Ecuador, what, for three years as well? No, uh, for th- I lived there for three months okay. in 2019, actually. Um, and then they lived there for about two or two and a half years. It was my dad, my mom, and then it started out as my three youngest siblings. But then uh, by the end, two of them had moved back because they were like 18, 17 years old. Um, but my youngest sibling lived there the full time as well. Uh, and yeah, they, they lived there because what they would do is organize like medical mission trips for doctors and nurses to come up the, you know, where like Esmeralda's area. Do you know where Borbon is? No. Uh, so it's up high. It's in the upper portion on the East side of Esmeralda's on the coast or close to the coast. And Rio Cayapas is the river that runs through it. Okay. But up the Rio Cayapas, they have all the indigenous tribes that yes. until recently, like they really hadn't been touched. And so they have a lot of, of medical issues there and, and no doctors really. So my parents would help organize uh, doctors and nurses to go up by canoe up the river for three hours and go to these villages. And then also like construction groups as well to like build, uh, build schools or to build housing or, uh, they have like a missionary center up there. And so they would, sometimes the construction groups would come up. And I, I did a couple of those trips where we would come up and we would like build a new hut for people to stay in, things like that. So that is yeah. truly amazing. It's, it that was is truly amazing. Beautiful. So I've been there like four times now, um, but I lived there for about three months. And then last year I lived there for another month. And then uh, two or three years before that, I went for a couple of weeks got you uh, and it was dude that country is so incredible it is beautiful it. yeah like i climbed Cotopaxi last year oh you did uh, yes oh man. yes it's amazing absolutely amazing that's one of my uh it's in my bucket list to do uh to take the wife and then go up there you go should to, um go to uh, santo domingo okay de los yeah. colorados um uh and then go to quito and then be able to go and do that but i haven't been there in such a long time that i i I hope to do it next year um when are you planning on going back so i just today i was looking at flights and i may or may not have gotten a little sidetracked (laughs) and seen that flights to guayaquil are like 480 right now for next spring and I'm kind of thinking maybe I'll take a little break from racing after <laughs> December and uh, maybe go to South America, maybe. Buddy, if I don't you know. ever go, let me know, man. Okay. All right. Sounds <laughs> we'll good. go there. And love to see my family over there, buddy. Oh, man. Now, you know, before we go, um, I, I know that we're tight for time here, but I, oh, I truly okay. want to say, you know, one, you're – Thank you for making the time again to sit down with me and get to know you, not only myself, but everybody that's going to be listening and watching. You are very talented. I am so glad that you're here. You know that you're here in the sport. Um, you are so talented. I, I wish you the very best. I, 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 I'm excited to see you at Blue Mountain and future races. Greece being one of them. Now that I know that you're going. Yeah, baby. And, and, and just see you succeed. Thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. 
Yeah, I, I'm excited for you. And, and, and I don't, I think a lot of people, especially those that were there at the OCR World Championships, it doesn't matter who they were, they, you know, they will agree that, you know, you're, you're going to be a fierce competitor, but you're also such a great human being and you deserve everything that's coming, buddy. Thank you. That means a lot more than anything else. So and that. yeah, and, and to have this time and, and, and to do this with you and for everybody to get to know such a, you know, you know, what a great athlete you are and such a great human being. It's like everybody, if, if people wanted to reach out to you and get, you know, ask you questions, pick your brain, how can they do so? Where can they go? So I am not a huge social media person, but I try and Instagram is about the only one that I check. Okay. And I'm on Instagram the most. So the easiest way to reach out to me is on Instagram. Uh, it's just at Ryland Shattig. Um, and just send me a DM or a comment or whatever. And I will do my best to get back to you. Uh, sometimes like things get caught in the, there's like a folder that's requests or something. Sometimes things get caught in there, but I've gotten better about checking that too, just to make sure that there's nothing that's lost. But uh, I'm still like, it's very new to me to like get to know people, but I love hearing from people. And I think it's really encouraging when people reach out to me and have questions or they just want to say like uh, just anything nice and encouraging, man. It's, it's great to hear those things. And also it makes me feel like I'm, I'm moving forward in the correct direction with my life. So I really you appreciate are. that. Oh, you are, buddy. Uh, like I said before, I'm truly, I, myself and many others are really, truly happy for what you've accomplished. And I think we're all also excited to see you in future races and see you succeed. You're a great talent, man. I, I can't wait to see you at Blue Mountain, buddy. So thank you. Um, everybody, Spartan Canada, get excited. Uh, he's coming. I'm so excited. Um, my friend, thank you so much for everything. I wish you the very best, and I will see you soon. And anything that you need when you're coming up here, let me know, buddy. If you need okay, a ride, right. someone to pick you up, let me know. Okay, thank you so much. I really <laughs> appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. All right, well, everybody, um, I hope everybody le learned as much as I have. Uh, if you guys have any questions, um, you know, shoot me a message, and I'll pass it on. If not, reach out to him. You take care, Ryland, and I'll see you soon. Everybody, take care. All right.